Today, if you have not already noticed, notice God is up to something. Amen. God is wanting to minister to each and every one of us. And today I'm excited because we're going to begin a brand new series entitled The Crushing. And we're going to talk over the next few weeks really about what you heard testified this morning that in the midst of challenging, difficult times, God is always at work. Amen. And that we can recognize that there are seasons of crushing in our lives where it seems like everything is going the wrong way. Everything is moving in the wrong direction. Everything is difficult and everything is hard. But guess what? In the middle of the hard times, in the middle of the difficult times, in the middle of the most challenging times, God is still at work in our lives. And a matter of fact, God is so big, so good, so great that God can take everything that the enemy meant for your destruction and he can use it for your edification to make you stronger, better, and more than what you ever imagined you could be. And let me give you just a little thought this morning. God is really after your heart. When it comes to prayers and comes to the cries and petitions of our heart many times, many times we really spend a lot of time and effort asking God to change our circumstances. But I want to tell you something today. God is after your heart. More than your circumstances, God is after your heart. Your circumstances can change in a moment in a blink of an eye, right? We've all experienced that. You've had one of those great days. You ever had one of those awesome days? You woke up feeling good and you're like, man, this is the greatest day ever. And then you got a text message and it went from the greatest day to the worst day. And then maybe you've had a bad day and all of a sudden you got a text message or a message or a phone call and all of a sudden it went from the worst day to the best day in a matter of a second. Why? Because circumstances can change in a moment. But God is after our heart. And it's how we respond. Listen to me. It's how we respond in those seasons of difficulty. It's how we respond in the challenging moments of our life, whether it's sickness or disease, whether it's physical, financial, or emotional, no matter what is happening, it's how we respond in those moments of our lives that really determine the fullness of what God can and will and desires to do in our lives. So look with me at that first point on your outline today. So God says that there is a time, a place, and a season for everything. There's a time and a place and a season for everything. For all things, God has a reason, even in the toughest, most disappointing moments of our lives, that do not go the way we planned. Anybody in here ever had your plans go wrong? <laughs> Anybody in here had a plan, an idea? Maybe it, you even thought it was a God idea or a God plan, and it didn't work out the way you thought it was going to work. It didn't go the way you thought it was going to go. It didn't accomplish the things that you necessarily thought it was going to accomplish. And all of a sudden, if you're not careful, you'll allow frustration and discouragement to call you, cause you to disengage instead of stay engaged in what God is doing in seemingly the most difficult, challenging moments of your life. There is a time and a season and a purpose under heaven for everything, and God is always at work. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. 1 Peter 5, verse 6 and 7 says, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time He will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and your cares to God, for He cares about you. Give all your worries and your cares to God, for He cares about you. I want to ask you a question. How many of you in this room today actually believe that? How many believe that God actually cares about you? I don't know if you believe it, but if you don't, you should, because it's true. 
God cares about you. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Why? Because God cares about you. Submit to the work of God. Submit to the grace of God. Submit to the plan of God for your life. Why? Because God cares for you. In the good days, in the bad days, on the mountain, in the valley, wherever you find yourself, you can submit before the Lord because God cares for you. And let me just tell you something. God is committed to the process of what the Bible calls sanctification. Sanctification is that daily development of our heart and our life to become more and more like Jesus. And God is 100, 100% committed to the process of sanctification in your life and in my life because God cares for you. How many parents in the house? We got any parents in the house today? Amen. Well, if you're a parent, you know what you know? You know this. You know that no matter how old your kids are, you never stop caring for them. No matter how old your kids are, no matter what season or phase of life that they would find themselves in, you never stop caring for them. As a matter of fact, if you're a godly parent, then you always desire the best for your children, right? No matter if they're 5 years old, 15 years old, or 50 years old, you desire the best for your children. And everything that you do as a godly parent, let's just be honest, everything that you do, the sacrifices you make, the decisions you make, the choices you make, are really done most of the time out of a pure heart that desires to help your children become what God's called them to be. And the Bible says if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? <laughs> how much more will our Heavenly Father? Think about this. You are 100% as a parent committed to the well-being and growth and development of your child no matter how old they are. God our Father <laughs> is 100% committed to the maturing and developing of your life for you and me to become who he created us to be. God is committed to that process. And he's willing to go all the way. Can I get an amen from somebody? He's willing to go all the way in our lives to see our hearts and our lives sanctified to become what he's called us to be. Look at that next point on your outline. Sometimes we find ourselves at a spiritual crossroads where we must accept our mistakes go back to start and allow God to begin something totally new in our lives we will be calling this spiritual intersection the crushing season of life sometimes we have to admit our mistakes we're gonna recognize that there are two elements of crushing that we're gonna look at there's the crushing that comes from sin because every time there is something in your life as a believer in Jesus Christ that does not please the Lord God will put his finger on it and God will begin to work out of you the very thing that is in you that is keeping you from becoming the person he's called you to be how many of you can testify the fact that there have been times and seasons in your life where there were some things that the Lord put his thumb on you ever had that happen you ever had God begin to apply some pressure into your life because all of a sudden there's a mindset, there's some pride, there's some jealousy, there's some envy, there's some unforgiveness, there's some ideas and philosophies that are not pleasing to the Lord. And all of a sudden, because He loves you, God will put His hand on your life and He'll begin to apply pressure to that thing in your life because God wants to work out of you that thing that is taking up residence in you that is keeping you from becoming the person he's called you to be. Jeremiah chapter 18 is really our foundational scripture for this study. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, go down to the potter's shop and I will speak to you there. 
So I did as he told me, and I found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. I want you to see something. The Bible says the clay did not turn out as the potter had hoped. So he crushed it and started over. God's vision for your life is not that you become the person you want to be. God's vision for your life is that you become the person He created you to be. The world has skewed our concepts and our ideas of what it means to be a man, of what it means to be a woman, of what it means to be successful. And we have all these images and ideas floating around in our head that are not the will, the purpose, the plan of God. And God's vision for your life is not to help you become what you want to be. God's vision for your life is to help you become what He created you to be. Because God, as the architect of the universe, had a purpose and a plan for every single person on planet Earth. You're not here by accident. You are here by divine providence because God Himself loves you and created you. The Bible says all things were made by Him and all things were made for Him that we might bring Him glory. And so all of a sudden there are times in our lives we have to recognize that we have to admit our mistakes. We have to be willing to acknowledge that there are some things in our lives that somewhere along the way I got off the path, I resisted the plan, I rejected God's purpose for my life, and I began to pursue or do things that were not pleasing to Him. And every time that happens, every time there is sin in the heart and life of a believer, God will put His hand on you. <laughs> God will put his hand on you and he will begin to work out of your life that thing that's keeping you from becoming what he purposed you to be. And the good news of the gospel is simply this. God loves you enough that the Bible says he's going to complete the work that he began in your life. And one day the scripture says that when we see him, we'll be like him. Amen? What God doesn't finish up here, He's going to finish up then because when we step into eternity, we're going to step into heaven in a glorified body being transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ, fully becoming who He created us to be. But here's the good news of the gospel. The more I allow Him to create in me now the things that He wants me to be, the more I get to enjoy the journey called Christianity. Because here's the truth. We all know miserable Christians. You ever met a miserable Christian? Don't look at your spouse. If you've ever met a miserable Christian, you know this. There are Christians right now that are miserable, and they're miserable because they've got enough Jesus they can't enjoy sin, and they've got enough sin they can't enjoy Jesus. And that's the realization of how many Christians, unfortunately, live their lives. They've got enough Jesus they can't enjoy sin, but they've got enough sin they can't enjoy Jesus, and they live in this quandary where they're no longer able to enjoy the life that God has called them to live because they're resisting the work of God's grace instead of embracing through submission the purpose and the plan that God has for them. So when there is sin in the life of a believer, God applies pressure. As a potter, he puts his hands on us, and he begins to work out of that clay the things that no longer belong in your life. Now the good news is, is if I respond to that working, then God will work it out and reshape me according to His image. The more resistant I am to the working sometimes means the more dramatic God has to be in the process of reclaiming my heart for His glory. 
How many know God loves you enough to crush you? God loves you enough that if you're so resistant and so stubborn and so hard-headed that you're not willing to submit to the work and the plan of God, instead of losing you, God will crush you. Let's just be honest. Most of us in this room did not come to God because we were on the mountain. Most of us in this room came to God when we were in the valley. We were at the lowest of the lowest of the lowest of our lives. And in that broken place of being crushed by the circumstances of our sin, we looked up and we realized there is a God. And God loves us that much that He will crush the lump of clay so He can reform and fashion your life for His glory. He's that committed to the process. I don't know about you, if I was the potter and you were the clay, I may get discouraged along the way and say, well, I think I'm just going to stop right there. He's been fighting me for 20 years anyway. But I'm so glad that God doesn't stop. I'm so glad that God loves me enough that if I'm not willing to respond to Him working out of me those things in my life that are not there, not supposed to be there, that God loves me enough that He would crush me so He can reshape me for His glory and for his honor. Now there's another element where there's a crushing. There's a crushing that comes because of sin where God begins to work out of us, but there's another side of the crushing. There's a crushing that comes from obedience. Let me tell you something good about God. He's never done working on you. And he is always desiring to draw out of you the good things he's placed in you. And he is faithful to apply pressure. So God applies pressure to our lives to work out of us the things that don't belong. But God also applies pressure to our lives to work into us and draw out of us the things that He has shaped in our lives. If you've ever heard some of the quotes about master sculptures, they ask the sculptor that cuts the, the figure out of the stone, they said, how do you know what to cut away? And the sculptor simply says, I just cut away everything that doesn't fit the picture of what I see in my mind and God has an amazing ability to not just cut away but to draw out of us by pressure the things that he desires to be in us so we can fully become who he's called us to be let me give you some good news today if you are saved and born again any born again people in the house today anybody born again online won't you put that in the chat box if you're saved and born again you're not in the devil's hands you're on the potter's wheel you're not in the devil's hands, you're on the potter's wheel, and God is committed to shaping and forming you into the image and likeness of His Son, Jesus. Amen? Look at that next point. Even in the kingdom of God, we are not exempt from failure, disappointment, broken dreams, unexpected promises, or having to start over. In this life, failure is not optional, it's definite. We may fail, but our God won't. See, the realization is we're not exempt from failure, disappointment, setbacks. We're not exempt from any of those things. As a matter of fact, failure is not optional. The only people that don't fail are the people that don't try. See, there's an element where you need to understand something. Failure is the pathway to becoming what God has called you to be. Because if God is not working out of you things that don't belong, then God is working into you those things that He desires to be in your life. And this is what God is always doing. God is always pushing you to become more than you've ever been. 
He's always pushing you to become more than you've ever been. He is never content with you selling. God never looks at Zach and says, well, I think I'm done right now. I'm going to let you hang out there for the next 20 years. No, God says, Zach, you're an awesome, wonderful creation made in the image and likeness of God. But there's so much more I've got in you that I want to draw out of you. I'm going to keep putting pressure. I'm going to keep crushing some areas of your life so I can form you and fashion you into the very thing that I created you to be. God is always pushing us through pressure to become more than what we have ever been before. And failure is not fatal, and failure is not final. Failure is a part of the process. Because when you fall down pursuing Jesus, guess what that means? It means you're reaching for something you've never reached for before. It means you're pursuing something you've never pursued before. See, one of the reasons so many Christians get stuck in a place of religion instead of growing in a relationship with God is because they, 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 they resist the risk of failure. Well, I don't want to fall down. Have you ever seen a baby learn to walk? How many know learning to walk means you got to fall down? And if you don't fall down, you don't walk. And the realization is that God is always calling us to be more than we've ever been before, which means we're always being pushed by the hand of God to reach for things we've never done, to get outside our comfort zone. Let me just tell you something. God is constantly calling you out of your comfort zone. To walk in more faith, to walk in more integrity, to walk in more character, to walk in more purity, to walk in a higher level that you've ever, never walked in before. God is pushing you, applying pressure to your life to reach you out so that you're reaching for things you've never reached for before. And guess what? You're probably going to fall and you're going to have to get back up and then you're probably going to fall and you're going to have to get back up and you're probably going to fall and you're going to have to get back up. But it's a good thing. Come on, somebody. Because when you're falling in the right direction, you're always making progress. Amen? The football player that falls into the end zone doesn't cry because he fell. He rejoices because he fell in the right direction. Amen? Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16. You guys know the scripture. For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. The righteous man will fall seven times, but he'll rise again. Why? Because he's reaching for the prize of the high calling. Because he's becoming something he's never become before. Isaiah 41 verse 10, great verse. It says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 58, 11, the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. We might fail, but God never does. Amen. He strengthens us. He sustains us. You're not in the devil's hands. You are on the potter's wheel. You're on the potter's wheel. And God is shaping you and God is forming you into the very thing that He has ordained for your life. Look at that next point. The midst of a crushing season can be painful. It can be discouraging, even at times very confusing, but it's necessary. 
This is how God revives us. This is how God restores us. This is how God molds us and shapes us. God's crushing always has a cause. Its effect reminds us that we are simply the creation. We're the clay, and He is the creator. He is the potter. In the midst of the crushing, there's pain, there's discouragement, there's confusion, but it is necessary because God uses the crushing to revive us, restore us, and mold us. Look at 1 Peter 4, 19. The Apostle Peter says this. He says, so if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. Look at the first part of that verse. If you are suffering in a manner that pleases God. Let's consider that for a moment. So the Apostle Peter says that there is a suffering that we go through that pleases God. When we suffer for righteousness sake, it pleases God. When we suffer for doing the right thing, it pleases God. How many have ever done the right thing and had negative results? How many have ever stood up for what was right and you ended up getting persecuted by the people that were doing what was wrong? The Bible says there is a suffering that pleases God. When I suffer for righteousness' sake, when I suffer the pain, the discomfort, and the challenge of being pressed into and reaching for something that I have not yet obtained, God has pleasure in the pain. Not because He's trying to destroy us, but because He's trying to shape us into the image and likeness of Jesus. He wants us to become more than we've ever been. Do you remember John chapter 15? Jesus tells a parable uh, about his father as the gardener, and I'm the vine and you're the branches. And you know what Jesus says in John 15 about the branches that bear fruit? He said, if you bear fruit, my father's going to prune you <laughs> so you can bear more fruit. God's going to crush some things in your life. God's going to cut away some things. God's going to apply some pressure to your life so that you can continue to produce more fruit. So your life continues to become what God intended you to be. And the necessity of the crushing is this. It's how God shapes us. Imagine clay on a potter's wheel and the potter's hands never touching the clay. What does that clay become? It becomes nothing. It continues to be a blob of unshaped clay until the hand of the potter begins to crush it, begins to press on it, begins to put pressure on it, begins to put, uh, apply his hands to the clay. All of a sudden, in the midst of that process of pressure and crushing, the clay becomes something that it was not. I don't know how many of you grew up uh, playing sports. I grew up playing basketball, and, and I had a coach my 10th, 11th, or 9th, 10th, 11th grade year, and, uh, and he cussed like a sailor. He wasn't a Jesus follower. But every day, every day, he demanded more. He wanted us to work harder, practice harder, work out harder, run harder, think better, work together. Every day, he was constantly pushing us for more, pushing us for more, pushing us for more. And the realization of all that pushing for us to become more than we were yesterday ultimately produced a team that couldn't lose. We just kept winning and we just kept winning and we just kept winning. Why? Because every day we had a coach that was committed to the process of making us better. He was never content with what we did yesterday. 
Pastor Keith Tusi has a statement that I love. I was in a room with him up in Pittsburgh, and there was a room full of leaders from, I don't know, many different churches, and he made this statement, and it just resonated with my soul. He said, I want you to understand that if you're here today and you're in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, you are now living at the lowest level of responsibility you will ever have. You're now living at the lowest level of responsibility you will ever have because the more you grow in Christ, the more fruit you produce, the more God is going to entrust to you. And every time God rewards you, every reward comes with a new level of responsibility. Every level of prosperity comes with a new level of responsibility. Every level of influence comes with a new level of responsibility. Every level of, of increase comes with a new level of responsibility. John Wesley and Samantha, just a little over four weeks ago, had a brand new baby. And they got a reward from the Lord because that's what the Bible says a child is. It is the gift of God. It is the reward of the Lord. And with that reward came a new responsibility called no sleep. <laughs> if you're in a growing relationship with God, you are now at the lowest level of your responsibility. See, we have this crazy idea that the more I grow in Christ, the less I get to do. Absolutely not. The more you grow in Christ the more responsibility God is going to give you because if you're faithful and little he'll, little, he'll make you ruler over much. And guess what? If you're ruler over much, you, didn't have, you don't have less responsibility. Now you have more responsibility because God has shaped you and pushed you to a place where you're now overseeing more than you've ever overseen before because God is promoting you. With every promotion comes a responsibility because God is pushing you to be more than you've ever been before. And it's that crushing. It's that process. It's that process of crushing that makes us become who God has called us to be. Liberty Church is where Liberty Church is today because Kelly went through a 10-year battle of severe depression and we walked through a dark, 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 dark valley. And we kept walking and we kept moving and we kept pursuing. And I felt like we were going to die and we weren't going to make it. But guess what? God sustained us and God carried us. And when we refused to quit and we kept saying yes to God. And when he put pressure on, we just respond to the best of our ability, to the pressure that was on our lives. And by the grace of God, we came out on the other side. And Liberty Church did too. Amen. Over 1,500 people have gone through encounter retreats. Because Kelly went through a 10-year battle of severe depression and God saved her and set her free and made her whole. <laughs> there was a question. Wasn't what we wanted, wasn't what we liked, didn't enjoy it. But God refused, hear me. God refused to stop. God refused to quit. Because we're not in the devil's hands. We're on the potter's wheel. And everything that the enemy means for evil, God uses for good. And if I'm not being crushed... Because God's working out of me the negative things that don't need to be there. I'm being crushed because God is raising me up to be more than I've ever been before. And it's not a problem. It's a blessing. And it's the process of sanctification that God is using in our lives. And our ability to submit to and receive from the hand of God those things allows us to come out on the other side. I heard a story of a potter and he said that when they get done shaping the, uh, the, the, the vessel, they put it in the kilts and they turn the heat up to several thousand degrees. And someone asked him, how do you know, how do you know when, when it's done? He said, well, when we get them out of the kilts, 
He said, I let them cool and then I tap them. And if it sings, it's done. And if it doesn't, it goes back in the fire. So I decided a long time ago, I'm going to sing on the first thump. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Look at that next point. Life's many tests, trials, and tribulations can leave us feeling crushed, but we are never defeated. It's on the potter's wheel where we get a fresh start. It's in the Father's hands that there is always hope. Peace is always available in the provider's palms. It's in the hand of God on the potter's wheel that there is hope and there is peace and there is joy because we're not in the devil's hands. If you're born again, you're not in the devil's hands. You're on the potter's wheel. And God is shaping you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, what a great verse of Scripture. The Bible says this, but we have this treasure, Paul speaking. We have this treasure, the treasure of the Holy Spirit, the treasure of the grace of God, the treasure of the love of God. We have the fullness of Christ, the hope of the gospel. He says we have this whole treasure, look what he says, in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Listen to what Paul said. He said we have these, we have these clay jars, our lives, that are fragile clay jars, but we have this all-surpassing power. God has made a divine deposit of the all-surpassing supernatural power of God in the hearts and lives of people so that His power within you is always greater than the struggle that's against you. It's always greater. There is an all-surpassing power so that our confidence is not in our flesh. Our confidence is in His Spirit. Our confidence is in the fact that we're on the potter's wheel. And if I love my children, then surely God loves me. And He cares. And His hand is on my life working out those things that don't belong. And raising up in me those things that do belong. So that I become the person He has called me to be. Listen to what Paul goes on to say. What a great scripture. He says, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. Because we're not in the devil's hands. We're on the potter's wheel. And God's hand is on your life today. And it may feel painful, and it may feel difficult, and it may feel challenging. But I want you to understand, God is working on your behalf. The process of sanctification is not a process of destruction. It is a process of edification as God is building us up. And if we can begin to see the pressure, if we can begin to see the pain and the discomfort and the failure and the setbacks and the disillusionment and the discouragement that happens in life because of people, if we can begin to recognize that God is able to take all those things and work them together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose because we're not in the devil's hands. We're on the potter's wheel. And He's shaping our lives to become more than what we could ever be without Him. Psalms 34, we're going to close with this. The Bible says, The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and He saves those who are crushed. In their spirit. I'm so thankful today that we're not in the devil's hands. 
I'm so thankful today that we are on the potter's wheel. And if you're born again, we've been saying it for weeks, you win. And God is committed to that process of you becoming the person He has created you to be. So I want us to do something today. Let's just bow our heads. Let's just bow our heads together. If you're watching online, why don't you just bow your head right there in reverence before the Lord. Two things I want to challenge you with today. The first one is simply this. If you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Keith? I know I'm on the potter's wheel. I know I've been saved. I've been born again. And I know that I'm on the potter's wheel. I want to challenge you with two things. The first thing is simply this. I want to ask you, is there anything in your life right now that God is trying to work out of you? Is there any sin? Is there any wrong thinking? We call them ungodly beliefs. Is there any bitterness? Is there any resentment? Is there any callousness or jealousy? Is there anything in your life right now that God is trying to work out of you? So let me encourage you, if you can say yes, and I feel his thumb on my life. I feel the pressure of God. He's put his hand right on that thing, and he's pushing down. And it almost feels unbearable. Let me, let me encourage you today. God is not trying to break you. God is trying to deliver you from the thing that is holding you back. So today, repent. Confess it. Acknowledge it. It's sin. God, I confess it is sin. I ask you to forgive me of that thing. And I release it to you, Lord. I change the way I think. And God, I come into agreement with you today that I'm going to walk in your path and submit to your ways. The second thing, if you're here today, you say, Pastor Keith, I know without a doubt I'm on the potter's wheel. I've been saved. I've been born again. I want to challenge you today. Maybe, maybe there's an area of crushing going on because God is stretching you. Maybe there's no sin, quote, in your life, but you realize you feel the pressure of God, and it seems like you're doing all the right things, but yet things are still crumbling around you, and you're having to overcome difficulties and challenges that seem just unusual and weird. Understand this. You are not in the devil's hands. You're on the potter's wheel. And you can trust the hand of God that even what the enemy brings against you for your destruction, God will use for your edification. So instead of resisting it, embrace the hand of God. Receive the crushing of the Lord because God is drawing out of you this morning. Be willing to fail forward. Be willing to fall on your face reaching to the thing that God has called you to be. Don't be afraid of failure. Don't let the risk of failure keep you from becoming the person God is calling you to be. Don't play it safe. And don't allow bitterness or resentment or anger to cause you to push back against what God is using to draw out of you the good things that He has for your life. So if that's you and you're born again and you're on the potter's wheel, those are two elements of crushing. I want to challenge you to evaluate your heart this morning. Repent of any sin, but also submit to the hand of God to become more than you've ever been before. The second thing is what I close with every Sunday. Maybe you're here this morning and you realize, you know what, Pastor Keith? I'm not on the potter's wheel. I've never been born again. I've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. And maybe you didn't realize it, but maybe you understand today you're in the devil's hand. He's having his way with you. Death, chaos, confusion, and sin are the trademarks of your life. But there's a good God that loves you. He sent His Son Jesus to die for you. 
And he says that whosoever will believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Today is your day. If you're watching online this morning, you say, Pastor Keith, I've never, I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. Today's your day. So if that's you right now in this building or watching online and you say, today I want to come out of the devil's hands and I want to be placed on the potter's wheel. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. If that is you right now, just raise your hand all over this building. I want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life. If you're watching online, just hit that little hand emoji right, right in the comment box there. I'm raising my hand. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed time, the Bible says. And if you don't know Jesus as Lord of your life, today's the day to make that happen. So let's bow our heads. As every head is bowed, let's just pray this prayer together. I want to ask everyone to pray. If, if you raised your hand online, this is for you. Let's say it together. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins, rose again on the third day. I confess that I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I give you ownership of my life. I am yours. And you are mine. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning.